Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Welcome, Ephraimites, and Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim, Cradle of Hope, on Tuesday, November the 14th, 2023. Today is Teacher's Tuesday, but first, a word from our announcement. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, From Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. I have a few announcements I want to make. First of all, I want to remind all of you of our January quarterly that will be held in Fairfield, Illinois. That's January 12th, 13th, 14th, 2024. And I know you're like, well, that's January. This is November. But let me tell you something. Things are about to get busy here in the the States. We're going to have Thanksgiving, and then we've got Hanukkah and Christmas. And so things are going to get busy. You're going to have activities with families, friends. Those of you who've got school children, you're going to get you, you're going to get pulled in every direction. And then the next thing you're going to know, it is January, and you haven't registered. You haven't made your reservations at the hotel. You haven't planned and saved and prepared for this quarterly. So why am I announcing this so early? Well, so that you can prepare, all right? Now's the time to prepare. So January 12th, 13th, and 14th, 2024, free registration is is, is $25 for adults, $10 for 11 to 6-year-olds, 5 and under are free. And online is $30. Pre-registration will be closed January the 2nd. That is so why. So we know how much food to buy. That's why. Because you know what? God does not look kindly to wasted food. And we do not want to buy more food than necessary. And you don't want to pay 
arrive and us not have enough food to feed you. So please pre-register. We have Sabbath Fellowship available on Ustream, uh, or YouTube, excuse me, and that is on our channel, Jewish Prophets, our YouTube channel. That is Friday night with Prophet Mark Reinbold and Wednesday evening with myself. We have Blog Talk Radio five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard's material as uh, preaching on on four of those days and myself on Tuesday. I'm I'm just stumbling all over my words today. Anyway, if you're interested, email us at cradle at jewishprophet.com and we'll send you a spreadsheet with all the information that you could possibly need. Well, today we're going to finish up obedience. And also, while I'm talking, I want to apologize to those of you who, who uh, tried to tune in last week. Uh, I was I was all ready, and the uh, company that that does this blog radio was having technical difficulties, and I tried to dial in for about seven minutes, and I could never I could never get through. So that is the reason why last week there was no Teachers Tuesday blog. Just for those of you who who might might be wondering what happened. So, uh, but anyway, obedience. For, and we've been reading First Samuel chapter twelve, verse fifteen, at the beginning. But if, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord. If you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your father. So obedience is important. Obedience is demanded. I can remember as as a child growing up, I was expected, all of us children, was expected to be obedient. If we were told, go to your room, clean your room, if we were told, get ready to come eat, if we were told, get in the car, we're getting ready to go somewhere, if we were told, don't do that, go do that, It was expected, never questioned, that we would be obedient. I learned obedience growing up as a child. As a parent, I expected obedience from my children. Now, one thing as a parent that I learned was you have to demand that obedience. They're not going to just obey because you said please. Pretty please doesn't work with children. And God understood that. So God demands obedience. And therefore, there are consequences for disobedience. It's not because he's a mean God. It's because we're children. And he knows that he can't just go pretty please. But you see, God knows best for you and for me. He knows best. He created us. Just as you know best for your children. 
Now, as they get older, they may think they may disagree and think, oh, you don't know best anymore. But with God, we'll never outgrow God's wisdom. God will always know what is best for you and for me. Now, we had looked at Noah and his obedience, and I want to look at Abraham now, Abraham's obedience. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. Now, can you imagine that request? Can you imagine that demand? God said, I want you to leave your country. What? I want you to get away from your family. Really? And from your father's house, your immediate family. I want you to go to a land that I'll show you. He didn't even tell him what land it was. Now, God had a plan. But Abraham had a decision to make. And that wasn't an easy decision. Oh, we, we study about Abraham, we talk about Abraham, but I want you to think of Abraham as a person like you and me with feelings and family and, and thoughts and emotions. And God said, I want you to leave your country. I want you to go someplace that I'll show you when you get there. I want you to leave your kindred and your, and your father's house. I want you to move, Abram. That was quite a request. That was quite a demand. Now let's go in verse 2. God said, I know it is. Now he's going to dangle the carrot. He said, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make your name great. And thou will be a blessing. Man, that sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it? But it's not. It's not. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What about you and I? God said, if you'll keep my commandments, the blessings will hunt you down and overtake you. But what did that mean to keep the commandments? Well, for me, it meant I kept Sabbath when I had had family members saying, no, 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 that's not right. Today is new moon. It means today is a Sabbath. The rest of the world is not keeping Sabbath. Most
most of the most of the places of business around where I'm at today are not closed for Shabbat. Oh, I'm not having to move from my country. I'm not having to get away from my kindred. But I'm having to stand and say, today's a Sabbath. I'll treat it as a Sabbath, even though all those around me may not. Even though they may look at me and say, what do you mean you don't, you, today's a Sabbath? It's, it's not Saturday. It's not Sunday. Well, it's New Moon. Well, New Moon was a couple of days ago. I understand that. But you see, we keep this New Moon. This is the New Moon that, that was set years ago. Years ago. God said, if you'll obey my voice, the blessings will overtake you. But he said, if you won't, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. So Abraham had a choice to make. Was he going to obey or was he going to disobey? His choice. His choice. Of course, we know what he did. He obeyed. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith chapter. The faith chapter. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. Abraham did it by faith. He trusted God. He said, okay, God, I'm going to take off. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to go. He obeyed. He obeyed. Did God make a mighty nation out of him? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did God fulfill his promise that those who blessed Abraham would be blessed? Yes, he did. Those who cursed him would be cursed? Yes, he did. God fulfilled his end. Abraham obeyed, but it took him stepping out in faith. You see, it takes faith to please God. Sometimes our obedience requires us to step out in faith. Step out in faith, believing that God knows better than we do. Back to Genesis chapter 19. We're going to read verse 17 and verse 26. Verse 17, Genesis 19, 17. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, escape for your life. Now, this is when Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be destroyed, and the angels had came and told Lot to take his family out of Sodom.
and they had taken them. Love had dilly-dallied around. Have you ever dilly-dallied around about something God's dealing with you? And the angels grabbed their hand and pulled them out of the city. And then when they got them out, they said, Escape for your lives. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest you be consumed. Obedience. Don't look back. Verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back behind him. You know, we used to have a saying that we said a lot when I was growing up, curiosity killed the cat. Oh, if I just, if I just, peek just a little bit to see what's happening. Lot won't know. God knows. You know, I used to tell my kids all the time, I may not know everything that you do. You may disobey the rules that I have set for you as a parent. And I may not find out about it. But God knows. And you can't hide from God. God knows. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart, and he knows our actions. And Lot's wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. She died because of her disobedience. She died because of her disobedience. Now, I can imagine, the Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine that she possibly had grandchildren back there that were going to be destroyed. It says that, that, the, that the sons-in-laws, that when Lot went to them, they thought he was just joking around. So she had daughters that they were leaving behind. She had family that was, was still there. So I can understand her concern as a grandmother, as a mother. But she disobeyed the orders. Don't look back. Flee, escape, hurry. How many understand that when you're running, If you look back, you're going to stumble and fall or possibly stumble and fall. When you're running, you better be looking straight ahead where you're going. You ever tried to run and look backwards? Doesn't work out very well. Your legs get all tangled up. Lot's wife did not obey. It cost her her life. Let's go to Numbers. Numbers, chapter 20. Numbers 20, 7 through 12. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock before their eyes. Now I want you to look at the word speak. 
Now, the first time that Moses was told to get water out of that rock, he was told to strike it one time with the rod. But now he's being told to speak to it. He said, speak to the rock before your eyes. It will give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said to them, here now, you rebels. Must we fetch water out of this rock? Moses is not happy with the children of Israel right now. He's mad. He has emotion. Listen up, you rebels. Do I have to get water out of this rock for you again? And he lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he hit the rod, the rock, twice. The water came out abundantly, the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Problem solved. But there is a problem. God had told Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses had hit the rock twice. Now, how many of you have ever been angry? You know, it's, it's when, when you're angry, there, there's something about showing your anger with physical force. You know, you might slam a door. You might, you might stomp your foot. You may, may I mean, you, you're probably going to yell. But there's something about that slamming that door or, or, or throwing something down that we do. That's what Moses was doing. He was angry at him, you rebels. And he took that rod and he hit that rock twice. But that's not what God had told him to do. But God, I was angry. But that's not what God told him to do. And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron. He said, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you will not bring this congregation into the land that I have given them. Ouch. Ouch. God said, because you didn't believe me. He, you see, he said, you didn't believe that you could speak to the rock and it would bring forth water. You thought that you was going to have to hit it. And because you were angry, you hit it twice rather than speak to it. God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts, right? Now, let me tell you something. All those things were foreshadows. The New Testament tells us that the things in the Old Testament were foreshadows. Yeshua was the rock. And he was smote. He died on the cross once. He didn't have to die twice. Only once. And because he died, we have the ability to speak to situations.
And that's why it was important to God. Because we can speak. We can speak and we're forgiven. God, forgive me for my sins. We speak it. Yeshua doesn't have to die again. He only died once for our sins. Let's go to Numbers 27. Numbers chapter 27, verse 12 and 14. The Lord said to Moses, get thee up into this mount of Brim and see the land that I've given to the children of Israel. Verse 14, for you rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin and the strife of the congregation to sanctify me at the water before their eyes. That is the water of Meribeth, of Kadesh, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. God said, I'm going to let you look at the promised land, Moses, but you ain't going to go in. I'm going to let you see it, Moses. But because of your disobedience. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Moses wanted to go to the promised land? That was, that was the whole gist of what he was up to, wasn't it? It was the whole gist of what he was up to, was to take them to the promised land. And yet here they were at the promised land, and he couldn't go in. He talked about the, the promised land for over 40 years, but he couldn't go in. He got to see it from a distance. Because, what did God say? Because he rebelled against God's commandment. That first verse that I read in Samuel, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel, against the commandment of the Lord, then the Lord's hand will be against you. But God, look at all that Moses did. But he rebelled. God said, you're not going into the promised land. How many times have we rebelled? How many times have we rebelled? And refused to obey. And the hand of the Lord is against us. Let's go on. We could talk about Daniel, but I've I've ministered about Daniel recently. Daniel obeyed, didn't he? Daniel ended up being involved in multiple kingships. While he was in captivity, Daniel was blessed, wasn't he? Let's go to Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 27. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea 
obey him. You see, when Yeshua was in that storm and he spoke to the wind and the sea and he said, peace, be still. You ever told a child to sit still? Yeah. Yeah, you're sitting there you're sitting there in, in, in a, a waiting room or office somewhere and oh my gosh, there's so much there's so much stimulation, you know, the child's like looking at everybody and, and maybe maybe someone's winking at them or giggling or smiling at them and, and there's there's magazines and, and, and you're sitting there and you're going, Be still, be quiet, sit still. Yeshua spoke to the wind and the sea. And they're all going, what kind of person is this? That he can speak to the elements, to the wind and the sea, and it will obey him. What kind of man is this? Mark, chapter 1, verse 27. Mark 1, 27. They were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this, this new doctrine that with authority commands he even the unclean spirits and they obey him? Yeshua came on the scene and brought something new, authority that they had never seen before in the church. Chapter 4 of Mark, verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said, what manner, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So we have the elements, the wind and the sea are obeying the Lord. And we have evil spirits, unclean spirits that are obeying. But yet God has a problem with us obeying. You know why? Because we have a will. And God won't tamper with your will. He won't tamper with it. He says, you, you do what you want to do. But there are consequences if you're not obeying. Luke chapter 8, verse 25. I, 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 just, I just preached this on YouTube a Friday ago. Luke eight twenty five, And he said to them, Yeshua, after they had woke him up, he was asleep after ministering, and he was asleep in the boat, and he said, we're going to the other side, and the storm came up, and they woke him up. They said, Master, we're going to die. Don't you care that we're about to die? He said, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he even commands the wind and the water, and they obey him. Yeshua was trying to teach him about the fact that they could speak. Just like Moses could have spoke to the rock and it would have brought out water. We can speak to the situations in our lives. 
and they will obey. The problem is, is our obedience because we have that will. We have a better idea. Like Lot's wife. I just want to peek back just for a second. Boom. She became a pillar of salt. Luke 17, 6. The Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Why? Because it doesn't have a will like you and I. You can speak to the elements. I've spoke to the wind. I've spoke to the storms. I've watched them obey. They don't have a will. But you see that little child sitting on my lap in that waiting room had a will. Now, as a parent, you have to what? You have to let them know that you are going to take control over their will. And that child, you may have to take it out of the room, talk to it, correct it, but you've got to override their will. I'll never forget one time we were sitting in, in, in a church service. My oldest daughter was about three. She was a spunky little child. And I had a rule that she could, could play with quietly with, with her, her little quiet toys, whether it was crayons or pencils or a little doll or whatever, and that she could play with it during the service, but she had to stay in the pew. She could not get out. And she knew this rule. And I looked over, and she was just stepping her foot across the line and looking back at me like, what are you going to do about it? And I gave her that mommy look that says, you better not. And so she leaned her body past the pew. And all she had left was one toe inside of the edge of the pew. And she had this smirky little grin on her face and said, what you going to do about it, mommy? And I snapped my fingers real loud. My daughter knew that that snap meant you better come here. And she immediately came back into the boundary and started playing and obeying. I didn't have to yell, scream. All I did was the mommy look and the loud snap. Have you ever snapped in the middle of a service? Yeah, it echoed in that church building. It was just a little one-room church building. Probably wasn't even 10 people in the service. And when I snapped, not only did my child obey, but everybody in the congregation turned around and looked at me, and I turned red. Because I had managed to disrupt the service more than her getting out of the pew. But this says that if you will have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, 
you can say to your problem that may feel like it's a big old tree and it should obey you. It should obey you. You can speak to the situations in your life. You can speak to them by faith. Let's go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Now, let me give you a little backdrop here. They've been preaching in the name of Yeshua. They've been told by the authorities of the day to no longer do that or they were going to be beaten, imprisoned, whatever. But you see, they understood obedience. They said, it is more important for us to obey God than to obey man. And so they were looking at them because these were, this was the church that was persecuting them. They said, no, we're obeying God. Acts chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, him shall you hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai. And with our, angel, and with, with our fathers who received the living oracles given to us. So they're like, Moses, Moses prophesied about this. To whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. The Bible says that God is looking at our hearts. This is saying that the children of Israel in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt and they thrust and would not obey Moses. That's what happened that day. Right there, right there, standing, ready to cross into the promised land. And the spies came back and two of them said, we're well able to take it. And ten said, oh, but there's giants in the land. And the people of Israel's hearts turned back to Egypt and they thrust Moses away. And refused to obey the command of Moses to go forth into the promised land. Romans chapter 5 verse 19. Romans chapter 5 verse 19. Talking about Yeshua. It's talking about Adam. Talking about Yeshua, let's go 519 of Romans. For by one man's disobedience, many 
were made sinners. Now, we all know the story. God had told Adam, don't eat of that tree. Eve was beguiled by the serpent. She gave to her husband of the fruit of the tree, and he did eat it. And he was standing there with her when she was beguiled, and he didn't stop it. So by his disobedience, we were all made sinners. Just like God said, you're going to die spiritually, and that's what we did. So by the obedience of one, one, many are made righteous. That obedience is Yeshua. He died on the cross. We can ask forgiveness of our sins. And guess what? We are made righteous. You are righteous. That means being in right standing with God. Now, how do you, how do you, how do you lose that? Well, by disobedience. That's how. That's not hard. Disobedience. We are to strive to be obedient. We are made righteous by Yeshua. Romans six twelve, next chapter. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey the lust thereof. You see, we are not to let sin reign in our body. We are not to let sin reign. Why? Because we're the righteousness of God. We are to be walking in obedience, in holiness, in righteousness, not in sin. Verse 16. Know you not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, now listen, know you not to whom you be, yield yourself to servants to obey. His servants you are to whom you obey. Your flesh says, well, I want to do this. And you're, and, you're, and you're like, no, that's sin. But your flesh says, but I want to. And if you yield yourself to your flesh and you do it, you become a servant to your flesh. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. See, you have a choice. You have a will. You can decide, I will obey the commandment of the Lord, or you can decide, I will oh, rebel, and, and, and I'm not going to do it. You have a will. You decide, am I going to or am I not? And that decision, that decision of your will, one way or the other, whichever way you go, you become servant to that decision, either unto righteousness, or unto sin. Your choice. God gave us choice. God gave you choice. God gave me choice. I can't choose for you. You are the only one who can choose for you. I can, 
I can try to encourage you, but you're the one. It's your choice. It's your choice. You choose. The Bible says, choose you this day who you will serve. Life or death? And God says, let me give you a clue. Choose life. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Do you understand that we can have imaginations? We can have we can have things that will exalt itself against our knowledge of God. Well, I know I'm going to supposed to do that, but what? Abraham, leave your country, your kindred, your family, your father. Leave them and go somewhere. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going yet. What do you think his brain was doing? What do you think was his imagination? Well, if I leave my country and go to another country or in a foreign country, will I be safe? Well, if God's with you, you will be. Casting down those imaginations. And we all have them. Every time you decide, let's take fasting. You decide, I'm going to fast. And you anoint your head, you wash your face, you repent for your sins, and you decide to fast. All of a sudden, if you're not used to fasting, all of a sudden, about a couple of hours in, you start to shake. You may get a sugar headache. You may feel weak. And the imaginations begin. Well, I'm not going to make it through the day if I don't eat. I've got to have some kind of nourishment. And your flesh will absolutely throw a two-year-old tantrum. I need food. Remember when I first started fasting, I was working at at Hardy's. Well, you can't fast and work. I mean, you know, you need a fast day. You need to be able to just lay in bed all day. But here I was at Hardy's, and I was working, and I was fasting, and my flesh was having a fit. I was shaking, and I had a headache, and my tummy was rumbling, and, and I'm smelling all that. Food, french fries, hamburgers, and I'm serving it. I'm picking it up, and I'm serving it to the customers. And it comes my break time, and it's like, I want to eat. I want to eat. But you're fasting. You can't eat. This went on for, for several different weeks. And finally, one week, I got to thinking about it. 
And I was like, you know, there are times when I didn't eat breakfast and I get all engrossed in a project and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, my tummy would go to grumbling and I'd think, oh, I haven't ate all day. I was so engrossed in this project that I forgot to eat. And yet here I am declaring a fast, and it's not even noon, and my body's having a fit. And I said, that's enough. Body, if you can, if you can go out with, with any food till 3 o'clock in the afternoon when I'm doing a project, you can fast for a day because I'm fasting unto the Lord. Enough of this rebellion. Cast down the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You have to decide that that's what you're going to do. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's why we tell you, grab the scriptures. Grab the scriptures. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, find the scriptures that is the promise, the solution to your problem. Bring every thought into captivity. The obedience of Christ. Verse 6. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. You're going to have to be ready. And you're going to have to fulfill your obedience. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Most of you probably know this scripture. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, again, in verse 20, it says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Why? Because you're learning obedience. That's why. Verse 22, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. You are a servant to your employer. They are paying you to do the job. You are to obey them. Not with eye service. You know what that means? Well, as long as as long as the boss is here, I'll do what, what I've been told. But whenever he turns his back, I'll do it my way. Nope, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it the way they want, whether they're watching or not. Why? Because you're supposed to have singleness heart fearing God. Hearing God.
You have a will. You have a choice. You have a choice. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have rule over you. Again, your employer rules over you. Your parents, as a child, rules over you. Obey them to have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Well, Sister Donna, my employer doesn't watch for my soul, no. But that part's talking about the ministry. As they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. It's not profitable for you to disobey those who rule over you. They're going to give account. And you're going to give account. You have a will. God gave you choice. God gave you choice. Let's look at James. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Obedience. 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 Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. He goes on to explain that you deceive yourself. You deceive yourself. How many, how many of us through the years have deceived ourselves? You have a will. You can either will to obey or you can will to disobey. And it's your choice. It's your choice. Let's pray. Father, I come before you. I lift up to you those who are listening today. Lord, I pray that as they've been listening, you've pricked their hearts. You've shown them where they are in disobedience, in rebellion against you. Father, I pray that they will repent and turn. That they will be a doer of your word. They will obey your commandment. And not deceive them their own self. And Father, I lift up to you those who who need healing. You need healing, I want you to put your hand someplace, wherever that is that you need healing. Put your hand there. In the name of Yeshua. In the mighty name of Yeshua. I speak to those bodies. 
I speak to them, and I command the lying symptoms to leave in the mighty name of Yeshua. Somebody, you've got something going on with, 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 your, with your spine. Put your hand there. If it's in your neck, put it there. If it's your lower back, put it there. There's something going on with your spine. God's going to heal that. In the name of Yeshua, I speak healing. From the top of their head to the tip of their toes. And I command that healing to go forth. Father, I send forth your angels. Cause that healing to happen. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen and amen. Now do something you wasn't able to do before. Move your head. Touch your toes. Do something. Praise the Father. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's precious, precious name. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.